Hello again, and welcome to Laundromat Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Ratke. There's something about this business that's a bit like popcorn, or in my case, donuts, where you can't have just one. And joining us today is someone quite familiar with this, the laundromat part, not the donut part. He's the owner of not one, but now two Big Waves laundromats in California. Uh, welcome to the show, Wade Hickok. Uh, thanks, Randy. Great to have you. Now, before we dive in, I'm going to need you to tell me what the surfing has been like because we've had snow in Wisconsin for literally the past month, it seems. So I'm living vicariously through your warm weather out there. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, surf, surf's been okay. It's been pretty good. Decent, decent waves and uh, reasonable weather. Of course, I'd like a little bit more time to be able to get out there more often, but, uh, but we're working in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And we are now going to get into that whole thing that might be keeping you from catching as many waves as you would like. You have the first store, which opened uh, roughly 2020, spring of 2020. Am I correct on that one? Yeah. Okay. And that's in Santa Monica. And now we have store number two in the Mar Vista area, which is close to Venice Beach, I am told. Yep. So tell me a little bit about how that, that store number two, it literally, we are weeks into this. How yeah. is it operating? It's good. I opened it basically when, when all the work was finished and all the inspections had been done. You know, the timeline just gets so dependent. You know, people are like, hey, when's the grand opening? And like, you know, a week before opening, I still didn't know, right? A bunch of stuff needed to be done. A bunch of check boxes needed to be checked. And so... In this case, I, I couldn't really plan for it. We were just sweeping the floor one morning and everything was done. And I just said, like, it was like 10 a.m. I just said, open the doors. Um, you know, like just like oh, that, the open light goes on and yeah, it, open the not? doors. Seems and, like a good day. Yeah. I mean, that's basically and then then we kind of, you know, we we claimed our claimed our Google, claimed our Yelp, uh, got the marketing machine working for us. But just that initial day, it was just like, yeah, let's just open the door. We're we're ready. <laughs> So soft opening behind you, how has it been? Has it been, I know when we talked earlier, you were already getting excitement in that neighborhood of, of what was to come. Has yeah. it been a, a, a slow increase? Has it been faster than you thought? I would say it's been faster than I thought. I really expected, you know, when we opened the doors the first two, three weeks to be very, very slow. And, and granted, in comparison to my existing laundromat, it, it is still slow, but the laundromat had been closed down for over a year and things take time with the internet and word of mouth and people to know about your place. It just takes, you know, nothing, re nothing replaces time. You know, you can throw some gasoline on that. You can do some advertising. You can be smart with your web search, but just time, it takes time to stabilize a, a laundromat location but we have good walking traffic in this area. And so like the day I opened and the day after, we were seeing just a lot of neighborhood traffic. The neighborhood was kind of anticipating the laundromat to open. And so we were kind of buffered in those first few weeks with just kind of curious neighbors wanted to come in and do their laundry at the new laundromat, uh, which is great. And now we're starting to see, we're on the fifth, fourth, fifth week now being open we're kind of seeing our, our marketing outreach start to kind of take hold and more people had, had found us on Yelp and more people had found us on Google and uh, we're doing some advertising on Facebook, uh, stuff like that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And all those things to, to retrain people, I, you know, if you lose your laundromat for a year, you've, you've changed habits. Now you really? found a new one and it's it, getting the word out to those folks and, and rechanging their habit, bringing them back in. Exactly. You had a pretty quick <laughs> entrance into the business and a very quick entrance into store number two. Yes. What was that gap like? How long in between? And did you have a set criteria? Like when I hit X percent of revenue on store number one, then I think I'm officially ready to look at a second one. Or was it more of a, like a just a gut feeling? Like I feel like I have a, a good handle on things and I want to grow this business. Yeah, I would say there's two there's two things that enabled me to kind of make the decision to move forward uh, with the second location one of which is kind of what you spoke about and that was kind of proving the concept you could say that's revenue driven right and i had been running the santa monica laundromat a good year by the time i at least made the decision to pursue a second place we were still under pandemic conditions. My laundromat was doing, we were beyond break even, but I knew the trajectory was up. We were improving every month. We were at like four and a half, five turns a month. You know, we still had quite a bit of a pandemic overhang and I knew things were going to get better at the Santa Monica, at the Santa Monica laundromat. And we'd proven the concept revenue wise and I was pretty confident about the upward trajectory going forward. And I was correct about that. And the other thing that I decided that you kind of need to, at least I would say, is that the first location needs to be like under control, preferably kind of running on its own to some extent. I'm, I'm a highly involved business owner, this, that, and the other. But I think a good metric would be for a laundromat owner could you go on vacation for a week and everything's going to be okay and deposits are still going to go into the bank and all the machines are still going to be working? Everyone's going to know what they're doing. I think that's a good metric. You know, Could you go on vacation for a week? Um, Come on, Wade. Been... You could go on vacation for a week. I've, I've <laughs> seen you work and you, you can't leave that store for a week. No way. <laughs> it's a good barometer. And... You know, this Christmas, I, I went to New York with my girlfriend for about a week. And uh, that's typically, a, a, you know, one of the busier times at the, at the laundromat during the holiday season. And, and things uh, ran quite smoothly. So we've, well we, we put it to the test. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I had to check you on that one because yeah. I couldn't envision a world where you took an actual week-long vacation away from that, oh, for, away from your baby. It's tough. <laughs> Was your plan always a second store? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. In fact, my plan going into my first store was that I was just going to continue. It would be like my side business. You know, I was going to continue, you know, working at the bank, getting consistent income from the bank, and then I get some investment income coming from, you know, the laundromat business. But uh, going into the laundromat business, it just it just sucked me in. You know, it. Uh, I just found it. There's so many areas that can be improved, and the well is deep. You know, you can always get better. And I kept asking myself, "Well, how can we make this better? Well, how can we make this self better?" And of course, you know, you ask yourself those questions, and uh, you're about to learn something. And I just thought, you know, if I focus on this, I could get really good at this. And so, you know, I just kind of made this my my sole focus. 
Like mm-hmm. popcorn, you can't eat just one piece. You're going to have a couple. So, you know? yeah, it, it does pull you in. Mm-hmm. That first location in Santa Monica, you kind of went back and forth on it. I remember that when we had talked uh, initially that that you needed that that kind of security blanket. You would question yourself, maybe maybe I shouldn't go into this business. And you went down there on a Friday and the equipment was all broke down, but still this place was crazy busy. Now, the second location, a little bit different animal. I mean, this thing was really close to being on its last legs, boarded up. How do you, number one, how do you find the location? And then number two, how do you get that security blanket that, yeah, this one's going to, this one's going to work. It's a really good question. Um, what I really liked about this second, about my second location, you know, a lot of things kind of fell into place. A lot of attributes that I like, it, it was, a, it's a nice big store and I could put a lot of machines in there, put a lot of revenue drivers in there. I got two ATM machines in there. I got vending machines in there. Both of those sources of auxiliary income are doing very well. Lots of space for my uh, wash, dry, fold service, access door for a delivery service once I, once I get that ramped up. And it had its own dedicated parking lot. I mean, if I have one problem at my Santa Monica location, it's, it's adequate parking. And this location has probably doubled the parking capacity of, of my existing location. Um, there's also a farmer's market that goes right in front of the location every Sunday. So it's like probably a thousand unique visitors are walking in front of my laundromat every, every Sunday. Um, and so I kind of have an organic source of advertising just from the virtue of, of, of its location. And so, and then, you know, I did an analysis of the competitive situation and, you know, I have some competitors nearby, but the real deciding factor was, do I have another, do I have a a high caliber competitor that could bring the types of things that I could bring to bear? And the the answer to that question was no. You know, these were all smaller facilities that even in the best of circumstances, I don't feel could retool, improve, and, and, and kind of be a real thorn in my side as far as competition. Just based on that, and it's, you know, it, it was pretty close to my existing location. I mean, as far as Los Angeles goes, it's about three and a half miles from my existing location. So about four miles from my house. And you'll come to appreciate that, you know, the ability just to stop by and see how the new night manager is doing, you know, or be on the way home somewhere and just swing by. It helps, right? Because <laughs> time is limited. And man, if you can uh, check in on your new spot in, in uh, 15 minutes versus it taking you an hour and a half, it definitely... Was, uh, that a criteria, was that a criteria coming in that you looked at and said, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to get store number two. It's got to be within a five mile radius or a, you know, a half hour drive. What, what did you look at realistically? Yeah, I, I think, I think a half an hour was kind of my like limit. Like I could have been persuaded to find a place that was a half an hour away. If it had all the attributes, like I feel like on my third location maybe i could go out a little further because i feel like i'm i'm getting better and better as an owner all the time and getting better and better at delegating you know i think the better you are as an owner the more you're going to be able to own and operate a location that isn't necessarily close to you but while you're still learning 
I would say it helps, <laughs> you know, it definitely <laughs> helps to have to be in striking distance of the physical location. Santa Monica, obviously that location, great location right on the boulevard. Um, you went high tech, you built that technology and management into a great equipment. So your recipe was solid for that first one. Mm-hmm. What changes or learnings from that first store did you bake into the Mar Vista location? Just listening to customers. And at my first location, customers were just so happy. Like, wow, man, you, you made a you made a really nice laundromat for us to use. And they would tell me why they liked it. And, you know, I would kind of soak in the points that really resonated with the customers. I mean, number one, like the number one thing that just always comes up is just cleanliness, you know, making sure it's clean. It looks like a nice place to be. It's well lit. Things are in its place. Uh, you know, the, the, the cleanliness and order aspect, taking that with me to my second location. And, and yeah, the, the, the high tech, you know, this, this of course, all plays in. Um, definitely go high tech. Definitely go with the new bright, shiny machines because the machines are the centerpiece of the laundromat. You know, my second place is probably it's more high tech and it's got more you know, kind of built-in cleanliness features into it. So I, I kind of took that and I, I put it on steroids for my second location. Any changes that you made in that recipe? Yeah, machine mix. I did, I wanted more 40-pound machines because that's kind of the middle-of-the-road machine. Those are the busiest at my Santa Monica laundromat. I wanted more of those. Uh, I wanted more of the the jumbo capacity, 80 pound machines. Uh, those are popular. You know, top loaders are they're the they're kind of the necessary evil because um, <laughs> people still love to use them. They're great for small loads. Probably the lead source of customer complaints because people will <laughs> s- stuff them with three loads of laundry and they only take a load. <laughs> Never <of> happens. <laughs> you know, like hey man, the uh, you know, this didn't wash properly. I'm like, yeah, cause it probably didn't even get wet. You filled it. <laughs> so the top loaders, they're, they're still even at the new store. How many did you put in? I got to ask. I put in 12 at the new store. Okay. And are they getting used or are you like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that? Uh, no. Yeah, they're getting used. They, they get used. You really can't ignore from an ROI standpoint, those top loaders, because there's so much they're so less expensive than the, you know, the front load, you know, industrial uh, speed queen machine that, I mean, if you take your revenue and, you know, divide it by your investment, your, your return on investment, I mean, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do this, but like I've done it and, and your, your ROI is always going to be higher on those damn top loaders. It's really depressing. <laughs> We got to take this discussion offline. I'm gonna to have to talk you out of that, but hopefully there's no hopefully there's no math involved. But are you are you finding uh, at the second location that the same holds true that the the 40s are really getting the turns in the 80s, like your Santa Monica location? Yes, yes, I'm finding that that the 40s are still getting used. You know, I'm also finding that you know where things are at. At your store, there's a 
there's a percentage of it that kind of is just attributed just to straight up the layout of your laundromat. Like where does a customer go when like they want to do things by themselves, they don't want to ask for help. And it's like, where does gravity take that customer to put it into the nearest machine? And, and that's, the, that's going to be your busiest row of machines. It's really weird. And you don't exactly know what that area is until you open and just see kind of how people flow through your laundromat like they're in a river. Or you could say, okay, well, the customer is going to come to this row first. It's like, well, you don't know that actually. You know, customers are going to walk in the door and they're going to go where they, they please. In my case, I thought they were going to walk into one row first, but they kind of instead have been walking into another row first. And so it's something to think about, you know. Uh, <laughs> if you had to design it, are they migrating to the row you wish they would? Like, is it a profitable row or is it, oh, are yeah. we in top low central again? Yeah, I could say everything's a profitable row. Um, it's not exactly the row that... Like I was anticipating the attraction point to be, you know, my big machine row, but that kind of, it kind of faces the front desk and the the customer that for whatever reason that just kind of comes off, you know, from the parking lot with the laundry cart, they, uh, they oftentimes will just go to that very next row, which is, it's well diversified. I have forties there. I have thirties there. I have twenties there and I have top loaders there. And so it's given me a thought to maybe better diversify the rows so you're not making such a gamble. I mean, it's, I need more data, obviously, right? But it's, um, right. it's something I'm thinking about. Interesting. Yep. Always learning in this business. Yep. Isn't that just the way it is? Knowing how you operate, and I've kidded you on being able to take a, a week-long vacation. I'm super proud of you for doing that. I know that you're at the store a ton. And knowing that when... When we went and we looked at that second location in my mind, I'm like, how is he going to balance this all with a family and a little one at home and a second laundromat? How do you do it? How do you make all this work and have time for it all? Yeah. The, the quick answer is not by yourself. <laughs> if you, you know, you can run a, you can run a good laundromat and be kind of the owner manager operator. You can do that. But then on your second laundromat, you're, you're going to have to break some of those bad habits because you're really going to have to start relying on people. And so I've developed a manager system where very basic system. I, I have a manager for each store. And they're kind of my first layer of protection. So I don't get calls for everything. An employee calls in sick and they call that manager first. And if he can't deal with it, then I get notified. Same with like facilities upkeep and all that. Really kind of empowering people to do your bidding, you know, incentivizing those managers to, uh, to take good care of your store when you're not there. Um, did that involve a little bit of retraining on your side? I mean, did you oh, look at this and yeah. go, I'm going to have to get better at this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm still working on it because you didn't want to buy yourself a job necessarily, right? It's an investment. And I look at a McDonald's. It's run by a bunch of 19-year-olds. It's amazing, right? Like, how is this happening? And it's like, well, they have procedures and there's systems in place. And it's your job as the owner to 
set those systems. And it takes thinking, right? Because you, you have to articulate about, you have to kind of articulate what you already know and like what your employees already kind of know, but you really have to kind of get that down on paper and proceduralize it. But once that's done, everyone knows what they're doing. And like, you can just take yourself out of the picture. You're like, okay, you guys got this. I'm out of here. I'm going surfing. As you look at it, is that one of the tests? If I'm an owner and I'm thinking about that second location, do you have to ask yourself right out of the gate, hey, are you able to take your hands off the wheel and 100%. let someone else kind of drive it? 100%. And if you're not, you know, I wasn't 100% there when I committed to buying a second place, but I knew darn well clear that I got to get there. And I got to get there before I open the second place. The Santa Monica laundromat, with with some exception, it kind of runs itself. I might pop in an hour or two every other day, make sure it's going well. But that place is, uh, we've got the procedures down. I have a manager there that, you know, I've spent a lot of time with and groomed him. And uh, he does a really outstanding job and uh, frees me up to kind of put the same management control on the second location. And that's, that's kind of where I am now, um, getting those procedures, getting those systems in place. So again, you know, everyone knows what they're doing. Like you just don't need to be there. Right. Absolutely. Every location obviously brings its own set of challenges. What did this new location bring you in the way of challenges? This particular location had been closed down and, and I faced a lot of decisions, just as the same decisions that I faced at the Santa Monica laundromat, except the Santa Monica laundromat, we were open for business the whole time. I, I think we closed down once or twice, you know, once to put in the flooring and maybe another time to, to put in the 80 pounders, but combined like two days, three days maybe. At the second location, it had been closed down and it was going to be closed down until I opened that front door. You know, I had to make a lot of decisions like it'd be best to do this now while no one's here and all the machines are out of here. We have access to all the plumbing, all the electric. And my initial conception of the second laundromat was to be kind of a upscale, higher than normal budget type of a laundromat. You know, there was a lot of decisions I had to make there that were like, well, Either I do it now and I got this place for 20 years or, you know, I'm going to have to shut down some point in the future. I don't know when and do it then. And so I had to make some long term decisions and it, it did put me over budget because I had closed down laundromat to work with. And I kind of increased the, my increased my gamble on the place saying that let's just do it now while we can do it. Looking at the idea of scale. Are there efficiencies to be gained now with two, three, four stores as, as you get ramped up? And along with that, obviously, there's complexities that come with it. Talk a little bit about those. I would just say definitely. And this, this goes back to procedure, you know, making procedures, making systems. You want systems that will run without you being there. And so you have to think about, okay, now I have two stores. And before what we were doing was kind of XYZ judgment call, kind of laying out a procedure, you know, that would cover both stores, right? That would be common to both stores. For much of it, I was just able to take the existing procedure at the Santa Monica store and put it at the new store. 
you know, there's going to be little quirks, little differences, little nuances. But for the most part, I'm able just to take the existing procedure and lay it out and implement it at the new store. So already, you know, you have one store, you know, you have a name, uh, you have a logo. If you're doing well and considering a second store, I would assume you have a decent marketing strategy. And in my opinion, marketing is like 50% of, you know, I would say you should be spending a lot of time. 50% is a lot, right? But like you should be spending a lot of time marketing as a business owner. Uh, You need to be a prolific marketer. You know, marketing for one location, especially in the digital era, you know, you make one ad and you put it on this store and then you put it on the other store, right? So it's on the marketing side, it's super scalable. And there's, um, and there's value that comes with that. I mean, as you look oh, yeah. at what we as consumers do, there's that legitimacy that comes with, wow, there's, there's two big waves location. They must be the real deal. Yep, 100%. It gives legitimacy to the name. It gives legitimacy to the brand. Very important. You know, supplies. I have a, I kind of have an office slash warehouse now that we keep supplies in. It's like a third rented location. And so we're able to kind of keep tools here, keep laundry supplies, buy in bulk uh, when it makes sense. Even maintenance. You have an electrician and you've established a relationship with that electrician. You know his quirks. You know when he's really not going to show up. Um, <laughs> and you gotta, you can spread out your contractors over, over two locations rather than one. You know, these are, these are the things you figure out as a new laundromat owner, you know, who's the best, you know, who's the best electrician for this laundromat, who's the best plumber. You find good people and, and hold on to them and bring them to your second location. Do you have staff that will oscillate between the two? Meaning if I run into a staffing issue at the, the Mar Vista, I can have someone from Santa Monica come over or is that, is that yeah. getting way too complex? No, no. In fact, that's, that's where you want to be. You know, you really want that flexibility because, and again, this, this is a potential benefit of, of scaling up is that, you know, someone calls in sick on this location, you know, you got a bigger pool of potential replacements from the one location to the other. And we've already, we've kind of gained the benefits of this already. People have certain days, you know, certain hours, you got to work around people's stuff. They got family stuff, this and that, hours they can't work. And so having two locations really helps you kind of, if it's a big puzzle, scheduling is really kind of a puzzle, right? You have these constraints and, uh, you know, the more locations you have, the, the more you're able to kind of put those puzzle pieces into place. Do you also try to drive out complexity as far as, all right, the Santa Monica location we're doing, wash, dry, fold? I, I believe you started pick up and delivery at that location. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of stage that with store number number two in, I'm going to need to get it ramped up. I need to get this self-service business going before I put any time and energy into wash, dry, fold and far ahead of uh, implementing a pickup and delivery service. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the opening of my second location, you know, making sure the the bread and butter, which is the self-service laundry machines, you know, making sure that's up and working, making sure the app is working, the app is accepting Apple Pay, everything is good on, you know, on the self-service side, and then focusing my attention to 
the wash, dry, fold, drop-off service, uh, getting all the kinks worked out there. That's kind of where I am now is, you know, there's still some kinks and some things to know, uh, you know, on the drop-off service. And as soon as I have that proceduralized and down pat, uh, I'll turn my focus on the delivery side. I would just say, like, don't overwhelm yourself. You know, set targets, set dates or whatever. Set a hierarchy of needs, so to speak, for your laundromat and make sure those things are running well before you bite off another chunk. Like I, I considered the delivery service, for example. There's a lot of moving parts there. There's a lot of technology involved in the delivery service. Customers don't have the direct interface with you as they would in a drop-off situation. They're probably communicating through an app or on your website to put an order in. I would say that that requires a good amount of focus. Focus on one thing, get it right, move to the next, you know? Yeah, great advice. Absolutely. Crystal ball time, what does the future look like for big waves? You know, I think it would be irresponsible to not grow to more locations. Um, <laughs> we got a winning, answer. <laughs> you know, we got a winning formula. And, uh, you know, I got managers that want to grow. And they want increased responsibility. And so I'm going to do the same thing probably as I did with my Santa Monica laundromat. Get the store to the point where I can go on vacation for a week and get to profitability that I'm happy with for the long term or profitability that's on an upward trajectory before I do that third store. So I would say that for the next six months, I'm probably not going to consider even looking at anything as tempting as it's going to be. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to I'm going to circle no, back I, monthly on this on this idea and see if that's really reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love it. That'll do it for this episode of Laundromat Insights. Wade, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You bet. And for our listeners, if you want to learn more about Wade and his fantastically interesting story, he is our cover story for the Laundromat Insights magazine. Yes, we are multimedia now. So you can head over to speedqueencommercial.com, click on the link in the banner, and that'll take you to the inaugural first issue with Wade on the cover. Just a a great read. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time.